This is the Picard Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 3, 17 Seconds. You said trust no one. Why? We were on a supply run to Sarnia Prime, and Jack was jumped by Fenris Rangers. Then Klingons boarded us a day later. They were trying to take him. Then went to Starfleet, and still they came for him. Everywhere we go, someone turns on us. You are the only one I can trust. Why do they want Jack? I don't think it has anything to do with him. I think it somehow has something to do with you. I know nothing about this Vatic. No, neither do we, but that's no bounty hunter ship. That's a warship with Jean-Luc Picard-sized enemies behind it. Welcome back, fellow Trekkies. Yes, this is the Picard podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're looking at Season 3, Episode 3 of Star Trek Picard. 17 seconds, which is not how long this podcast will take. It'd be over already if that was the case. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But uh, I am one of your Trekking hosts, John. And I'm your other host, Derek. Uh, Chris is unable to join us for this episode of Picard, but that's okay. He'll be back next time. Yes. I forgot to mention on our last podcast, John, because we were doing so many podcasts, I completely forgot to mention it was our 750th podcast for TV Podcast Industries. Woo! That's a big number. We should celebrate the big numbers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nine years, 750 podcasts, brand new website, uh, just launched a couple of weeks ago. Yes, a well. new back end, so to speak, yeah. at yes. uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And I want to say a huge thank you to all of our wonderful patrons who've, uh, who've enabled us to get the new website. And a huge thank you to all those who reached out to, to me to tell me uh, that one of our feeds wasn't working. Yes. It is now fixed. Everybody should now have access to the uh, six episodes we've released <laughs> since uh, I changed over the website. So uh, if it's not working, uh, please email us. Just email me to uh, feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and I'll do some uh, back-end magic and fix it. Well, that's it. With such a large overhaul, certainly at the back-end, mm. then there were a few technological uh, issues. Dare I say it? The sensors were down, uh, yes. being interfered with... <laughs> with by the nebula yes that was the new back end um so yes but hopefully it didn't uh impact our fellow listeners and fellow trekkies in, in listening mm-hmm. to the podcast Hope but uh that. if if there have been any issues just research again because you can get it on i guess traditionally was the rss feed yeah. and also now with the new feed yeah exactly exactly the double yeah, Double TV podcast industries. Yes. Of course, we're talking to people that uh, may not be able to hear the podcast, so there's no point. That is true. Uh, <laughs> telling them how to subscribe. If you can hear the podcast, you I'm subscribed, just, hopefully. I'm just shouting into a nebula, or should yes. I say an anomaly? Ah, yes. Or should I say an anomaly? What did you say? <laughs> it just sounded weird when I said it the first time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good stuff. An anomaly An is anomaly. one of those words that I need to enunciate yes. with. Yes, I get you. But before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion of episode 317 seconds, uh, just a quick reminder on our Picard 10 forward pub quiz. Question 3 will be up later in the episode. Uh, don't forget to email your 10 answers into us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com for a chance to get your hands on some Picard goodies, Mm -hmm. which 
may or may not involve wine. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it has in the past. Um, yes, final time to do that as well. Final, uh, final season, final Picard podcast pub quiz. Yes, mm-hmm. boldly go to the ten forward pub quiz questions. Yeah. Over on tvpodcastindustries.com. Well, if you've missed any, you can find them out there uh, on our pub quiz section. Exactly. But Derek, who gave us what, where, when, how, why, and for what reason? Well, this episode was directed by Jonathan Frakes, number one himself. Sweet. Captain Riker. Um, Directed pretty much at least one episode of every uh, Star Trek show, I think, since Next Generation. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, he's always good, isn't he? Superb. Yeah. Uh, the episode was written by Jane Maggs and Cindy Apple. Uh, Jane wrote three episodes of season two, and she's written episode seven for this season. And Cindy also wrote three other episodes of season two, and she's written episode five of this season. So uh, so as, as we said, this final season bringing all the family together and also the writing team. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Star Trek Picard season three, episode three, 17 seconds? Sure. Despite huge interference with the sensors of both ships, the Shrike manages to pursue the Titan through the nebula, attacking the Titan and inflicting significant damage to the warp drive and injuring Captain Shaw, who transfers command to Will Riker. After learning that Beverly Crusher had withheld her son's existence from Jean-Luc Picard to keep Jack safe from danger by association, Picard is disappointed and angry about being excluded from the biggest choice of his life. His mood seeps into his actions and behaviour towards his colleagues, as Riker refuses to take his advice to lure the Shrike into a trap. Instead, Riker commands the Titan out of the nebula, but as the Titan attempts to escape, the Shrike uses its portal weapon to keep the Titan in range of its weaponry. Meanwhile, Jack surmises that... Meanwhile, Jack Crusher surmises that Vadik has other means to track the Titan than her sensor array, and enlists Seven of Nine to investigate. They find that a gas pipe has been sabotaged and is venting toxic gases into space for the Shrike to track. As Seven of Nine goes to repair the damage, Jack is attacked by an ensign who leaves him exposed to the toxic gas. Seven manages to get Jack to the sick bay just in time, and as he recovers, it is revealed that the Starfleet Ensign is a member of the Changelings that can take on other species' forms. Still at large, the Ensign damages the warp capabilities of the Titan. Stranded, Riker now adopts Picard's tactics, but it's too late, as Vadik orders her crew to generate portals to rapidly move the Titan and its torpedoes around, confounding its crew. As the Titan's own torpedoes hit the ship and disable it, the Shrike leaves the nebula, as the Titan sinks deeper and deeper into the nebula pulled in by a gravity well. Meanwhile, Raffi finds herself aboard La Serena, with Worf briefing her on their new target, a human called Titus Ricker, whom they capture. During the interrogation, they discover him to be another changeling from a faction conspiring for revenge against the Federation for their species' surrender during the Dominion War. They also discover that the portal technology stolen from the Daystrom Institute covered up a more meaningful and dangerous theft from the Institute. Ooh, changelings, changelings everywhere. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 What, what a, cool idea. a great thing to have. A shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Ah, Odo. Oh. You know? Yeah. It's a shame that he, you know, that he, he's not around to be able to come back for that little cameo. Yeah. Or at least I think here um, they got, at least I, I hope here there was the reference to uh, Odo uh, by Worf, you know, in yeah. terms of that trusted ally. Yes, a great reference to Odo, a person that uh, Worf would trust above all others, uh, played, of course, by René Bourgeonois, who passed away in 2019, sadly. Yes, yeah. uh, really enjoyed Odo um, in mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, great. Of course, Worf being there, mm-hmm. uh, as well as Chief O'Brien was on Deep Space Nine he was. as well. He was. Um, and Julian Bashir. Yeah, great stuff. Great cast, great cast. Yeah. And, and I love that they're incorporating the elements of DS9 really into the show because the Changelings were one of the main major antagonists throughout that show. I really do hope we get a few Deep Space Nine cameos, actually. Mm-hmm. And deep cuts. Uh, like there are in this episode. Yes. Yes. 
But let us get into our discussion of Star Trek Season 3, Episode 3, 17 Seconds. I keep thinking of the, the Nana Cherry song, actually. Mm, seven uh, seconds. With this, yeah. But it's seven. It is. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so how odd is that? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, enough of my ramblings uh, uh-huh. to our fellow Trekkies. Let's get on uh, with our other type of ramblings that exactly. are focused on the show. Uh, yeah. Let's start with our small moment uh, about this episode. Make it so, number one. So yeah, what's your what's your small moment? What's your little quote that you enjoyed from the episode? I'd kind of got two really. Of course, um, Chris isn't here. You can take his one. Exactly. Um, I absolutely loved it as uh, Riker is given command by Captain Shaw of the Titan after his injury, mm-hmm. which ultimately turned out to be uh, much more severe Apparently. than what I thought. I thought it was just kind of a really bad fracture. Yeah, but internal bleeding, which not even technology of that time can pick up mm. how interesting yeah um never believe a sensor that's why you need a, a wonderful doctor like dr beverly crusher you see never forget mm. first principles exactly yes, yes um and of course uh will Riker is given command of the titan back in charge of his old ship mm-hmm. uh, i love that he sort of gestures to the um the seat next to him for Admiral Picard, and I, mm-hmm. I like the fact that uh, Picard just turns around and kind of slyly says, perhaps it's about time you called me number one. Love it. Love it. Yes. Great yes. stuff, Absolutely. indeed. I love that kind of chit-chat between these two. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, they're great. They're great together. Absolutely. And you said you had another one? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Chris, what is <laughs> what's uh, his other one? <laughs> Well, I guess it's also, it ultimately forms the basis of the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. But I loved um, both Riker and Jean-Luc um, in a time before uh, toasting right to Riker's uh, new son and mm-hmm. him becoming a father. And here uh, we... Um, we not only get the reference to 17 seconds in the turbo lift mm-hmm. um, as... Will Riker is having to head down to sickbay aboard the Titan because mm-hmm. of complications, but also that's then repeated with Jean-Luc having to go down to the sickbay after Jack Crusher has come into sickbay yeah. unconscious from being exposed to the toxic gases from mm-hmm. the sabotage pipes. So I like that. Yeah. I think the other side of it, though, and mainly the quote, is... I loved having Deanna Troy uh, on here, effectively Absolutely. giving out to Riker, um, saying, are you smoking cigars and drinking whiskey? Mm-hmm. Um, bring some of that whiskey back. I'm going to need it. You yeah. know, he's been vomiting all over engineering. <laughs> and, you know, she's yeah. kind of struggling with the newborn baby. Yeah. So I really yeah. like this moment with both Riker and Picard in the bar, just, you know, catching up and celebrating yeah uh, but then um diana troy popping in the on the the screen yep. uh to to effectively give out and say look look dad get back here exactly. now and there give me a hand why are you allowed to go out and drink whiskey and have have cigars when i haven't washed my hair in three days basically yeah exactly yeah, yeah really like that so really good yeah i hope we're gonna see more of diana troy uh this season we have seen her before of course yes. in picard but uh but i hope we're gonna see me too her aboard the titan at some point uh potentially yeah, I hope cool. so. That'd be kind of cool. Good stuff. Derek, what is your small moment? There are loads of little moments in the episode. Um, I'm going to take take one other one from Shaw. I just love Shaw's reaction to when he gets the readings in from the nebula. Um, it's where Lieutenant Devine is calling out that there's uh, an energy surge from the nebula. Um, electrical and bio, biological readings are coming from it. And Shaw goes, well, that's fun. Does anyone else want to throw more weird shit at me? <laughs> I think he's feeling very put upon about how Absolutely. crazy this adventure among the most boring ships in, the, in Starfleet, as he called it before, everything just runs to schedule under his watch. But these two guys, uh, Riker and Picard, have come aboard and destroyed <laughs> his entire life, um, effectively. Uh, I love that reaction. So, yeah. uh, once again, great line from Shaw. Uh, one of the one that I really, really like is Riker's interaction with Jack uh, when Jack's pacing outside and the conversations going on, which I'll talk about uh, between Beverly and Picard. Um, absolutely love when uh, Jack turns around to Riker and, and calls him Riker, and he goes, "You can call me Captain." Oh, <laughs> Even yeah. though they've had this kind of heart to heart about him, uh, you know, being witness to 
this experiment being cooked up for 20 years, oh, as Riker says. Yeah, really uh, good. Love that. They're having that conversation man to man, and then suddenly it's that. Uh, you can call me Captain. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> really good. Good really stuff. Good. Uh, let us get on to our medium moment of the episode. Implement the Omega Directive immediately. All right, John, what's your medium-sized moment from the episode? Your scene that you enjoyed. For me, it's the big falling out, the argument between... Picard and Riker mm-hmm. here. I mean, I love all the loving stuff that they do and, and the nods to the past, and, and I love seeing their on-screen friendship. Mm. Uh, and I think it, you know it's made more by just the knowledge that they also have this you know really good off-screen friendship as yeah. well from their time doing Next Generation. Absolutely, like it's it, it's really great. It is, isn't it? And what did you think of the de-aging scene in this episode? De-aging is something that we know very well from uh, from the MCU stuff that we do, all the Marvel shows that we do in this episode. You mentioned about, obviously, uh, the scene that was broken into by Diana Troy, but that was a de-aged scene that's supposed to be just after um, the last Star Trek movie, I think. It's about 20 years or so beforehand. Uh, I thought it of? looked good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... I'm not looking at it as intricately to spot mm-hmm. any issues. I mean, if it was just kind of like a blurry fuzzball yeah. <laughs> atop the, the shoulders rather uh-huh. than an actual face and, and head, well then, yes, I would notice You'd it. But I mean, to me, within the the lighting and how it's done, mm-hmm. it all looks really spot on to me. Yeah. Um, so I, kinda, I, th- I, I thought it was good. I kind of wish those uh, special effects guys would walk around and uh, de-age me everywhere I go, <laughs> to be honest. A lot less wrinkles. <laughs> well, I I certainly put on the smoothing effect on Zoom. For yes, sure. yes, of um, <laughs> yes, smooth, smooth and supple. Mm-hmm. It looks on Zoom, and then I'm like the um, portrait uh, of Dorian Gray right. upstairs in the loft. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Or the attic. <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, but getting back to mm. my um, medium moment. You know, all the lovey-dovey stuff, um, you know, is great and so on, but it just simply can't be that all the time. And I love that they took this moment here. You know, Picard is effectively um, annoyed, despondent, upset Mm -hmm. um, over his conversation about Jack that he's just had with Beverly. But I love the way how it, just seeps in you know you can see him kind of in his own thoughts moping and and you know this builds through the episode with him in a sense despite him having just said it's about time you called me number one almost accepting he is the commander the number one to Riker's captain Mm -hmm. it's almost like he's so het up and he's so wound up that he now realized, well, I'm the admiral. You're, you're just a captain. Yeah. And, you know, he's advising Riker to kind of turn tail and attack the Shrike here. Yeah. Whereas Will, Will Riker's like, no, we keep hiding in the nebula. Mm-hmm. We've done enough damage to the ship and the people aboard it. Um, and we need to now keep them safe. Yeah. Is ultimately why. He decides we, you know, once the warp core has been fixed, so mm-hmm. that the Titan can go back to warp speed, uh, you know, they try to sneak out of the nebula yeah. and and escape the Shrike. So right. I really yeah. liked how there's this constant battle of Picard saying, you know, this is our only opportunity. We can only do it now. We need to um, make sure. It's almost like he's trying to relive the old days here, mm-hmm. and and then Will just saying, you know, we've done enough damage here. We need to now make sure this crew is safe, yeah. and so is this ship. Yeah, and so he's constantly going against, you know, the advice of Picard here. And I was half expecting at some point for. Picard to essentially pull rank here. Mm. I mean, I don't quite know what a retired admiral, whether you're able to do that. I doubt it, but nope. I was half expecting him to say that. But yeah. he Yeah, he, in fact in fact it's kind of similar to what happened in the first episode with Shaw, where he's saying, I'm the captain of this ship. Yes, you can give me your information, but you're a retired admiral, you're a captain without a seat, it's my ship, my decisions, effectively. Yeah. So uh, now it's Will's ship and Will's decisions. But so. Picard does pull 
outranking officer on shore in in episode two mm. just very briefly you know um so i was half expecting to see that stunt again from picard um what i like here is just how it builds through the episode though the, this this disagreement in, in mm-hmm. strategy and the the argument but ultimately to the point where they are about to leave you know warp capability is there mm-hmm. But just at that moment, you know, circumstance with the explosion from the saboteur ensign, mm-hmm. which disables the warp again, means, in a sense, Riker has no choice. Yeah. But so takes on board uh, Picard's advice. But it's then just that doesn't go according to plan Absolutely. at all. Yeah. And um, I'll come to that in my big moment. And. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the fact that with then the ship totally disabled, being pulled in by the the gravity well of this anomaly mm-hmm. now, not a nebula, um, that Riker is really, really pissed yeah. here and just turns to Picard to say, remove yourself from the bridge, you've killed us all. Mm-hmm. And Picard turns and goes yeah effectively yeah. so it's it's just great seeing these two actors play off one another mm-hmm. in terms of the good stuff but also then when you know they, they're given the scenes to effectively be at loggerheads with one another disagree argue mm-hmm. and and you see it so good you know they're, they're you can just see how they pull from one another yeah. in, in this and i i just enjoyed it immensely absolutely i really like it and and, and uh, patrick stewart really sells this idea of you know effectively captain picard and his number one he's always given the orders and listened to uh his, to riker and the recommendations riker gives and now here he is as the number one for Captain Riker, giving him advice from all his vast experience. And Riker's saying, no, I have a different plan. And Picard's unable to give up on it. And yeah. Picard still is pushing his agenda, pushing his plan, and the plan fails. So um, so maybe they could have gotten further away if they'd followed Riker one more time to run away. Um, he's constantly chastising him, saying, you know, your plan hasn't worked three times now. It's time to try out my plan, even though... He's, exactly. He's not in charge here. So uh, I think he sells the frustration there really, really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my medium moment uh, from the episode. Derek, mm-hmm. what about yourself? I have to talk about Beverly Crusher and uh, and Jean-Luc Picard because we had lots of speculation last week. Uh, we had lots of speculation yeah. in, in feedback. We had lots of speculation on the podcast as to how it is that Beverly um, has become pregnant with Jean-Luc's child and... Uh, why he doesn't know about it. So they lay it all out here in this uh, in this conversation they have between the two of them. So effectively, it happened on shore leave a couple of months before Beverly left um, the Enterprise for the for the last time. Yeah, and then didn't stay in contact with any of the any of the crew after that. And I really like the reason she gives for not contacting Picard is because the minute she found out she was pregnant, he was already being dragged off on another mission of galactic importance and then she tried again and there was another mission of galactic importance that he was under threat and then there was another another mission where he was kidnapped yeah. and, and and under threat and she realizes at that time after all three of these happening in a row that if he does have a son his son would have a target on his back he would have a, a Jean-Luc Picard sized target on his back so an interesting idea um but again you get another great performance here from um patrick stewart when he's when he's explaining you know this was the biggest decision in my life and you took it out of my hands you never even told me that i had a child um whether i have a decision or not in that is not up to you it's up to me to at least know what was happening and know what had happened to my life i think that's a a great kind of capper on uh, on this well that's it it's that you you know you made the choice for me mm-hmm. um and i i like the whole side of it you know you condemned me before the facts yes uh, in this because of previous conversations uh, that we had had where he had opened up about 
the problems with his father yeah. and whether he would be a good father. And I love the kind of nostalgic look back to go, you know, what might have been mm -hmm. if you had told me. Exactly. And um, I've come to realize in the intervening period mm -hmm. that I would never have been my father. Yeah. After um, season two of Picard, in case you didn't watch that. Yeah. Know, <laughs> so it, it is yeah. one of those things where it's just really good. But and I, he could I have think, come to that realization 20 years earlier exactly, is the point. He didn't have to go through the journey he went through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think, that the, again, it, it's, it's like with um, Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Stewart and, and how they play off one another. I think Gates McFadden and Patrick Stewart here are just really good at at, at selling this mm -hmm. really kind of, in a sense, heartbreaking um, conversation. Yeah. You know, as Picard says, I didn't know I'd never see you again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things just could have been uh, different yeah. and, and would have been if I had been told, exactly. e even if the decision... You know, I mean, there there is a bit of, you know, the final kind of sting, I think, here for Picard is when she says, well, I did tell him about you. Mm -hmm. I said to him where you would be, how you could find him. And he never did. Yes. Exactly. You know, so yeah. it's like, oh, ouch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like that. It's kind of. Um, book ended, I suppose, with, uh, with Jack standing outside, pacing back and forth, waiting for this conversation to happen and what, what the outcome's going yeah. to be. And as, as we already mentioned, um, Riker watching on, uh, totally amused by the situation that's going on with his old friends, uh, his old friends, uh, that he spent uh, such a long time on the Enterprise with. I thought that was, uh, thought that was a really good, um, moment to have there in the background yeah and I mean, of course you know with the director jonathan frakes there going this would be really good to set up let me just get back into uniform come out from behind the camera and <laughs> stand here and watch this kid pace <laughs> absolutely i mean you know as jean-luc comes out you have will Riker trying to get him to kind of just breathe take that moment mm -hmm. and you have jean-luc saying it's irreparable yeah. um you know i owe the ship's captain an apology yeah. um because he's just well that's it it's done here yeah. and so you know it, it is a big moment for jean-luc here and i yeah. love how as i was saying uh, from my point it just bleeds into then just his actions and his behavior effectively with his friend and colleague, Will Riker. Yeah. Uh, it really plays out sort of in, in a bad way for him. Absolutely. You know? Two final things I just want to mention about this point before we move on to our big moments from the episode. Um, Jack definitely knows who Picard is, knows all about him. Yeah. He calls out that um, I heard he's positronic, uh, meaning it's not really, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not really my father. Um, and, He's corrected by Riker going, he's still the same man inside, um, which I, I thought that was quite interesting. And secondly, Jack's accent being explained away yes. quite oddly. It may, no, it makes sense. Does it? He went to college in, or went to, went to college in London, went to school in London and never shook the accent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's possible, I guess. I think, look, I've, well, I've been in Ireland since 2002, mm -hmm. um, lived here, um, settled here yeah i i for some reason i just don't pick up the the accent yeah, i don't true. know what that is it's me talking irish um, in your ears all the time you're like oh don't want that accent no, no i just don't <laughs> i have no idea why i, I yeah. find it really weird it is a weird it, accent when i possibly get drunk i uh -huh. will i mean i have phrases i have irish yeah. phrases and mannerisms in that sense sure, but grand but yeah, no, exactly. But I just don't have the accent, and yeah. I, I'm always like, it's so weird to me that I don't. But well, some people do. I mean, some people can pick up an accent yeah. every five minutes yes. if, if they're with someone for like ten seconds. Yeah. And um, whereas, yeah, it's just not the same. You can still hear the, you can still hear the Northern English in the background of your uh, of your voice. Kind of Liverpool here, little Manchester there. You can hear it all in there. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's not inconceivable that that would happen. I yeah. guess is what I'm trying to say. Exactly, exactly. And I suppose if he's only twenty and he went to school in London, then it can only be it may only be a few years since uh, since he had that accent. Uh, so I, I get it. I get exactly. it. Exactly. The other side of it as well on this conversation between Beverly and Picard is we do, um, you know, we we have a bit more explanation, which becomes more apparent as 
the changelings come into this where Picard's saying, well, you said trust no one. Mm -hmm. And you hear Beverly say, well, it was the Fenris Rangers, then the Klingons, and then Starfleet that came after us. Mm -hmm. We don't know why that is. But for Beverly, it's for some reason, somehow has something to do with Jean-Luc. And it's... Whether she believes that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whether it is, I don't know. It's just a Picard um, size antagonist is coming for her. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's it's supporting her previous their their discussion about yeah. why she didn't tell him. Exactly. Say, you know, I didn't so I could protect Jack from being embroiled in everything mm-hmm. that surrounds you. Yeah. You know, which is bad and would put a target on his back. So I, I kind of think you know, but it's interesting when she recounts, as Jack did, about the different yeah. species um, that are are coming after them. Exactly, exactly. No rhyme or reason as to why either. Uh, so I think we have a rhyme and a reason. Um, let's get on to our major moments, John, I think. Yes. We must face the ramifications of the Prime Directive. So about you, John, do you want to kick us off with your major moment from the episode, your Prime Directive? Yeah, my big moment is um, Vadic, Captain Vadic plays Portal, effectively, the game Portal with uh-huh. the Titan here. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> uh, just referencing Valve's the game Portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. So I, I really enjoyed this. Um, th- these moments were... It's like she's playing with the Titan. Absolutely. And it, it's even to the... The whole thing with the Shrike, as I mm-hmm. really like, like the idea of that. And right at the start, you see Titan chasing into the nebula uh, after the Titan. And I love how Vadix, you know, that precision of her attack instructions mm-hmm. and how they're, you know, being so strategic and just firing off a few laser beams, torpedoes yeah. at the Titan, you know. Riker, Picard, sure, they have no idea that they don't understand how, with all the sensor disruption, mm-hmm. she's able to still be uh, tracking them through yeah. through this nebula. Yeah. So I, I loved how it just plays to how she described her ship in sort of loving, glowing terms in the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you then see, you know, that first escape... Yeah. Um, that the Titan makes from the nebula almost gets there and effectively she puts it into a feedback loop with this portal technology so cool. which yeah. was just really really good yeah. so it ends up effectively where it started from with the Shrike there yeah. you know and I think just the end the end moment after Riker is effectively left with no alternative but to take on Picard's um advice yeah. to to inflict um you know an attack because there's a window of opportunity yeah. uh, to fight um that she just turns that around where they think that Quite they're yeah. creeping up on her to fire effectively all they've got mm-hmm. at the engines she opens a portal so that their own torpedoes do exactly that damage to the Titan, disabling it, leaving it rudderless in Mm -hmm. space as it just gets pulled by the gravity well of Mm -hmm. this anomaly. I think, um, you know, what's interesting here, though, is that once that's done, Mm -hmm. the Shrike turns away and, and leaves. Well, yeah. And that's kind of really interesting because the previous episodes you have Will and Picard with Jack um, saying they're not going to destroy the ship because Mm -hmm. they want you. Yeah. They're after you. And then Jack's still on the ship. Mm -hmm. It's effectively being pulled to its destruction. Mm -hmm. uh, As Riker says to Picard, Mm -hmm. you've killed us all. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe, and they've they've gone off. So yeah. it the the question here is: Well, is it actually Jack? Because with everything else happening, um, and being exposed around the changelings, yeah. is it more to do with having to get someone like Jean Luc Picard off 
the chessboard. Maybe. Of yeah. of whatever is being con- conspired up, yeah. you know? Yeah, maybe they wanted Jack to tempt Picard to come and um and save him effectively so maybe it was something like that or uh and now they have another option but what is really interesting about this gravity well situation and the uh, the readings from the anomaly remember earlier on uh, as i mentioned possible electrical and biological readings are coming out of this so that also could be very connected to the changelings as well because they were connected to the founders who were inside the wormhole in DS9 so um yes. so potentially the biological readings that they're reading could be the changelings i wonder oh yeah that that that's really yeah that's interesting i hadn't thought about the founders mm. uh, and their connection with the changeling from yeah. deep space 9 and i mean i'm just trying to recall now uh-huh but Wesley Crusher isn't a founder, is he? No, no. Um, so it's not like they'll suddenly find Wesley in there. He no, he was like a watcher. He's, he's a traveler. A traveler. Yes. That was it. Yeah. Um, I remember we did see him in season two. No, exactly. Yeah. But it would be nice to see Wesley again. It would. It would. That is a moment as well with uh, with the argument between Beverly and uh, and Picard, where she does mention she lost her parents, she lost um, her husband Jack. And she lost Wesley all to the stars that Picard worships. I love yeah. that line from yeah. her. So another justification why she wouldn't put Absolutely. Jack Jr., let's say, yeah. uh, in, in that position. It's really good, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, th- that's what I loved about this. Uh-huh. Um, again, you get it in snippets through this episode. Yeah. First with the, the the chase by the the Shrike. Yeah. Uh, then that first attempt to escape uh, the Shrike. And then finally were that opportunity for the Titan is completely turned on its head mm-hmm. uh, by uh, Captain Vadic. So cool. Yeah, so it was cool. really, really good. Also love uh, Jean-Luc effectively has been scared by uh, Vadic's message that we heard earlier on in the season where she described the Shrike as being, uh, as picking at him like a, uh, a, a like a bird of prey does. Yeah. And he's going, she's going to pick at us over and over again until we surrender. That is, that is what she's going to do. So we need to attack right now, yeah. you know? Um, so th- that is a- another part of his aggression or his aggressive tactic here. So, uh, really like that. Good yeah, stuff. Definitely. Good stuff. Uh, Derek, what's your big moment? We have mentioned it throughout the episode, but we have the big reveal of the major enemies for the season, the changelings. Um, What I love about this is it's effectively we're going to be covering another show that's going to be doing this later on this year, Secret Invasion from Marvel. These are a group of people who can impersonate anybody at all. Don't trust anyone, as we heard from Beverly Crusher at the beginning of the season. But for some reason, it hadn't crossed my mind that that's who they could be bringing back because they were the major antagonists in DS9. They went through most of the last few seasons with the Dominion War, which is a massive war yeah. with the Changelings uh, as the as the the leaders, and it was kind of resolved at the end of the season. In a way, at least they they had arrested the leader of the Changelings. Um, the all the rest of them had effectively put away the weapons and gone away to the Gamma Quadrant. Um, so you kind of thought that was the end of of the Changelings, and they haven't been used since in any other show. Interestingly, nope. so uh, so it's it's great to have um these antagonists back and again they could be anybody as called out by beverly they could they they took the form of klingons they took the form of starfleet so there's somebody there we we see in this episode one of the ensigns on board uh the titan is a changeling he's uh he's there and he's um doing their bidding effectively from inside he's the one that looked very suspicious um that i saw uh on titan that's in right episode two yeah yeah so i I the, I knew it was something about uh-huh. him. Something I wasn't shifty. expecting it to be a change. Exactly. But uh, yeah. I really liked how you just get that moment um, as Seven of Nine and Jack are sort of working through investigating mm-hmm. his hunch as to why um, the Shrike can and is tracking them. I love, you know, it's the blood in the water. Yeah. Um, and they, I love here having the the ensign just just for that brief moment where his face goes all sort of blobby yes and um, it is the attack of the blob or the revenge of the blob <laughs> kind um, of i guess yeah kind of uh, here 
uh, I'd say body snatchers uh, would be kind of more uh, more appropriate here because they're taking on the uh, the face of their enemy, uh, hiding in hiding as sleeper agents until they need to do something effectively that that furthers the purpose of these changelings, which yeah. I think is cool. No, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the other side of it, then the, the kind of more deeper explanation that we get in the episode is between Worf and Rafi, yeah. uh, who are now working together. Um, they, she now knows he's her handler, um, and. It kind of lays out who the changelings are and what their purpose was in the past. The fact that there was a war that happened, you know, decades beforehand and they, they haven't been seen since, you know? Absolutely. Um, I, re- I must say, I really loved um, the other changeling uh, being interrogated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, I don't know the actor. I didn't catch it uh, mm-hmm. in my notes, but the the guy playing Titus Ricker, mm-hmm. it just the, the venomous hate. Yeah. Uh, and belief it was really really well played you know as wolf is playing good cop to raffi's bad cop mm-hmm. in this interrogation i really liked how raffi is seeing his discomfort from being away from the great link which she think yeah she to thinks being um withdrawal symptoms from taking uh drugs yeah like like she's had that's what she's recognizing but it gets it goes beyond that in Mm -hmm. a sense and that's when wharf recognizes it's the changelings yeah and so i really really enjoyed that um but even liquefied then he was trying to make his escape well exactly exactly and and i suppose that's the that's the interesting thing the the changelings themselves have to return to this thing called the great link to kind of refresh their powers and their abilities to come back out again so if they stay away too long this is what happens to them the connection gets broken they can't keep their form for long for that long um so it seems like he's been away for a long time without yeah. the ability to change out of this. So it's a really interesting way to tie in Rafi's story um, because we we learn that Titus was the one that paid off the Ferengi uh, Sneed um, yeah. last week. He's the one that paid him off to tell this story to Rafi to close down the investigation that was going on. So already in episode three, everything is now connected to the Changelings. Um, Vadik is following the ship because... She's connected to the changeling on board who's venting the, the gas. So is Vatica changeling? I think so, because Beverly, while she doesn't know it, I think her just outlining that, in, you know, all these different species have come after them and including Starfleet. Yeah. And then it's, you know, she's got the, the right conclusion from in terms of trust no one. Yeah. But not through the right way, you know? Yeah. Or... Or she's a changeling. Exactly. The other question they have out there, as all of these characters and cast members reunite here, we've heard stories of most of the other cast members. Like, for example, Jordy LaForge's daughter is here aboard yeah. the Titans. So if Jordy comes back, there's a connection there with him. Um, Worf's kind of come out of nowhere That's with Raffi. Um, and Beverly Crusher hasn't been in contact with anybody at all for the last 20 years. Potentially... Are Beverly and Jack, are they changelings? Um, that is Are true. they trying to get in there with uh, with Riker and with uh, and with Picard? So um, are the changelings using the two of them to get closer to Picard? Yep, and she's the one that sent out the distress to mm-hmm. the old, like, almost redundant um, communicator. Yeah. Um, possibly because she doesn't know how to contact him yeah. through his, yeah. his new phone i well, guess exactly um, yeah, yeah you know so but it has been 20 years since then but like but so all, I mean. all of it's justifiable what i love about these types of stories and again i'm sure we're going to see this when we get to secret invasion in the mcu later on this year what i love about these stories is it is trust no one if you haven't yeah. seen someone yeah. for a couple of hours like the the excellent the thing uh movie back in the 80s yeah. if you haven't seen someone for a couple of hours it's entirely possible they've been replaced um yes so this throws it open for everybody. Why is Picard himself? Why is he so much more aggressive than we've seen him in the past? Has Picard been replaced by a changeling since we saw him in a scene? You know, uh, is is Riker, has he been replaced? You know, is that the reason why Deanna's not with him, for example? You know, there's loads of possibilities that the changelings could have replaced somebody really significant yeah. in the show already. So that's what makes this a really exciting reveal. So I was jumping up and down in my chair going, oh, my God, they've brought back the awesome changelings and a brand new role for this show. That's really yeah, cool. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Not like in a Tom Cruise way. I kind of mean just slightly bouncing excitedly, not like 
jumping up and down on the chair. It was it was yeah. awesome actually. Yeah. Um, the other thing as well in that interrogation is we do learn that something else was stolen from Daystrom Institute. Yes, that we it do. was uh, that misdirection by the changelings. Yes. To take a, the the portal technology mm-hmm. and have the focus on that. So again, that's really intriguing. Absolutely. And the fact that they're using it on the Titan with Picard on board is that also part of the distraction them using this weapon? So yeah. the other thing they've stolen from Daystrom Institute and keeping Picard distracted. What is it that they've stolen from Daystrom Institute that is that much more important? Yeah, mm. exactly. We'll see. We've been to Daystrom before. We know what they're well known for. So yeah. uh, let's see what that could connect well, to. Great to. stuff. Yeah, Love, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Very cool. So Derek, any other points or notes? I've just got one, and it's funny that you mentioned about um, Titus Ricca and the actor that played him. Yeah. Um, that actor is uh, as Thomas Decker. And the reason why it's interesting is because he has been in Star Trek before. He was in Star Trek Generations. Excellent. Playing Picard's son, Thomas. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, so you know, the scene, you know the scene in the Nexus yeah, when he yeah. sees what his family life would have been like? That's the actor that played his son oh, in cool. there. And he's come back as a changeling in the show here. How cool is that? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. How about yourself, John? Anything else to add about the episode? No, nothing from my side, um, which I think just leads us into our overall thoughts about this episode mm-hmm. of Star Trek Picard, 17 Seconds. Derek, what did you think? Oh, I loved, I loved this, and probably mostly because of the reveal, because there's lots of good stuff going on with the characters here, but this reveal changelings everything. Um, I love it. Sorry. Uh, that was my attempt at a joke there. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, John. <laughs> We've obviously spent too much time together. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I love. I, I just love this reveal, because as I say, it does. it does mean... A big question now hangs over everything that's happening and everything that we've seen so far. Oh, yeah. Um, we followed two different storylines. They've been uh, combined together. We've uh, now seen see the changelings that are connected to um, the big battle that's going on externally and now could be side by side with any of our characters across wherever they take us in the storyline. Yeah, so always good Love stuff. it. Yeah. Love it. How about yourself, John? What did you think of the episode? Yeah, absolutely love this. I'd give this uh, four and a half freaking freaks out of five. Um, <laughs> I just absolutely enjoyed it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the whole um, squirreliness of the Titan and the Shrike in the Nebula. Mm-hmm. I loved, um, I just loved Picard's scenes in this with Beverly, with with Riker. They were just really, they felt epic, um, meaningful, emotional, yeah. deep. Um, you know, a, a schism almost uh, occurring in the relationships of these really uh, important people in his life. Um, I loved just then, as you say, the, the changelings uh, coming back. I mean, it just took me right back to Deep Space Nine. Got to watch that again now after after seeing these because um, they're a great foe to have yeah. on on board as you say just well who is who isn't uh, a changeling i just love you know, to watch it again yeah, yeah. It, it, it what feels, are they yeah. doing as well you yeah. know it's it is revenge but how mm-hmm. um is it going to happen so yeah. and this is a separatist group as well this is yeah. the actual no exactly it's a faction, well. so, it's a faction. Yeah. so that's also interesting. So it, yeah. it's all just really, really good. So yeah, for me, four and a half freaking freaks out of five. Love it. Love it. Shall we go to ten forward and have a quick drink, John? I think we need one. Mm-hmm. Yes, fellow quizzers, fellow trekkies, welcome to the ten forward pub quiz. It's episode three, so of course. It is question three. <laughs> Funny how that works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what beverage does Worf, son of Moog, House of Martok, son of Sergei, House of Rosenko, Bane of the Juris family, Slayer of Gauron, offer to Rafina? <laughs> nice, John. Very good. Very good. Um, Don't ask me to repeat it like we normally do. <laughs> I, I, I'll ask you to repeat the shortened version of that because there's a very short version of that question. Yes, the shortened or the abridged version of the question, uh, fellow Trekkies and quizzes, what beverage does Worf offer to Rafina? 
aka Raffy. That was the even shorter <laughs> version of it. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we did get a, a quick um, comment on Twitter from uh, from Matt Murdock, who provided that great uh, musical feedback last week, yes. who just said. Um, Worf is giving the mother of dragons a run for her money with the, with the number of names <laughs> yeah. now after his name. Uh, good stuff. Uh, so that is the third question in our Ted Forward pub quiz. There are will be, of course, 10 questions uh, because there's 10 episodes of the season. So at the end of the season, pop in your answer to all of those questions to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com and we'll have some Star Trek Picard goodies up for grabs. Yes, for final time. absolutely. Yeah. Good luck, fellow quizzes, fellow Trekkies. Mm. But let us get into our feedback section with some feedback, thoughts, theories, observations from our fellow Trekkies. Mm-hmm. If you want to send in your thoughts, send them in to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to hear your voice on the podcast, you can of course record a clip of yourself on your phone and email it into us, or you can go to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and record up to 90 seconds of your thoughts about the week's episode. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to hear somebody uh, test out the new uh, recording functionality on the website. Uh, so go to tvpodcastindustries.com, hit the little microphone button at the bottom, and you'll uh, you'll be able to get that. Yes. Testing, Testing. one, two, three. <laughs> one, two, three. There you go. Exactly. That That is exactly what we want. Although we'd like some actual thoughts about the episodes. Yes, as well. of course. We could do it ourselves. We could. We could. I'd like to hear some, hear from yeah. one of our wonderful uh, fellow listeners, or many of our, our wonderful listeners. Yes, me too. For sure. But first up, we have some Facebook feedback. Up first is Joe Herbst, who has some corrections for Derek mm-hmm. from last week's podcast. Yeah. You've been corrected again. I know. I know. Oh, my goodness. That's why I try not to go too deep into the law, because <laughs> I do know that uh, my memories of Star Trek is probably way too sketchy at this stage. Um, but Joe Herb says, I'm still not loving this season. But rather than complain, I'll just note that when you all refer to the movie Star Trek Insurrection, I think you mean Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, yes, yes, Joe, that is correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would say that's probably not even Star Trek lore. It's just I can't now remember movie titles. <laughs> there was a lot of the movies. There were. And, there were. And by the end there, it was difficult to pick out exactly what the names were. So you're totally <laughs> right, though. Of course, it is Nemesis, yeah. Yes. Joe goes on to say, I also think Derek said that Beverly was gone for two seasons of The Next Generation, mm-hmm, but she was only is. gone for one. Mm-hmm. In the second season, Dr. Catherine Pulaski takes her place. Yep. She was played by Diana Muldor who was in the original series episode, as well as the show L.A. Law, which traded several cast members with The Next Generation, including John Delancey, who plays Q. Very good. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Good bit of trivia there, Joe. I don't know why I said two seasons. I knew she wasn't gone for two full seasons. I think because the show ran 22 to 25 episodes in a season. I think maybe in my brain I was going, I knew she was gone for a really long time, especially yeah. because shows are only 10 episodes now. In my head, I was like, she was gone, must have been gone for two years. Well, right? that's it. Like, yeah. you think about how many shows there were in a season. It was great. It was, yeah. 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 Get to know people very well when you have 25 episodes to spend with Definitely. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Heather Wallace uh, also shares some thoughts on last week's episode. She says, help me out. Is it respectful or disrespectful to your late husband's memory to give his first name and surname to the kid you've secretly had with your best friend? I can't decide. (laughs) I also don't think it's ethical to put 500 lives at risk for your son, Jean-Luc. I feel like you and Beverly need to do an ethics refresher at the Academy. (laughs) I love Todd Stashrick in the show as Captain Shaw. He seems like the only rational person being swept along with the tide of the events. I enjoyed him reading out Jack Crusher's aliases, one of which was James Cole, the hero of 12 Monkeys. I'm sure it's just a nice nod to Todd Stashrick and Terry Mattel's other work together since they've already done time travel on the show. Very good. Yes, of course. I don't think that Jack Crusher is actually the time traveler James Cole from uh, from 12 Monkeys, but definitely that's an odd. Um, yeah, no, I I would say so. Yeah. And really good as well. And, and yes, I think you're right. I think there is... Um, an ethical refresher course required. But I think 
Picard does get a, uh, an ethical slapdown off Riker in this episode. He you does. know, you've just killed us all. Get yourself off uh, the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, too much going on is on in his head, and I guess um, Beverly. Maybe it's not Beverly. Well, exactly. Mm, maybe, yes. maybe. Well, I hadn't actually thought of that until you said it. Don't, don't blame me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going I'm, to I'm like Joe, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to. Um, I'm going to maybe run with that for a while. See, but I don't think so. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, Heather. Uh, Jamie Lawton says when the Titan scans the Shrike, the Bajoran Starfleet officer mentions that the Shrike, among its huge arsenal of weaponry, has isolytic weapons, which was last seen in Star Trek Insurrection mm. on the Sonar ships. In that film, the effect of the nebula, the Briar Patch, had the effect of causing the inhabitants of the planet to regenerate. There was a scene where Picard was very flirty with Dr. Crusher. Could this be where Jack was conceived? Uh-huh. Interesting. Also, you see the Shrike from the perspective from the Titan over its saucer, where you see its registration number followed by an A. And Amanda Plummer's dad is Christopher Plummer, who played General Chang in Undiscovered Country. Excellent stuff there, Jamie. Uh, yes, um... That is correct. Christopher Plummer is an alumni of uh, the Star Trek universe. He certainly was, um, and, and one know, of the and one of the best. Yeah, Undiscovered Country, absolutely definitely. love that movie. Uh, love his "Let's Slip the Dogs of War" line, yeah. delivered so well and so impactful in that movie. Really so, good. Um, I, I completely forgot that the Mandela Plummer is uh, his daughter, though. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I am really hoping as well. You know, given that we do see the Shrike, sort of turn around and leave mm-hmm. um i really hope amanda Plummer uh is but still and in this season yeah um, as captain vadic because i i just loved her kind of playfulness and um, i just thought she embodied the the name of the ship as well as the how she captains it it was really oh, yeah. really cool yeah very cool very cool um another connection there as well with uh with its direction and that is reasonably close to when Picard and uh, and Crusher um, got Amorous as well. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so that was the last m- movie mission that we saw, and she's saying that the last time that she was aboard, a couple of months before the last time she was aboard um, the Enterprise is when they went off on shore leave. So, um, But interestingly, I suppose, the other Easter egg from the episode is that the planet she mentions that they go on shore leave to is actually the planet that Worf and his wife, Judzia Dax, were supposed to be having their honeymoon on. Yeah. So um, so that's a nice little uh, nice little connection there. Uh, lots of obscure planets, mostly from DS9, were mentioned from uh, from Beverly Crusher. So, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jamie. And on this episode, on, on episode three of Picard, uh, Victor Von Doom says another fantastic episode. I love the multiple moving parts, even the dramatic scenes and the oh-by-the-way form of tra- tying up loose ends and unanswered questions such as Jack's accent. What about Picard's accent? Did he study in England before Starfleet? <laughs> the verbal sparring between Worf and Rafi was nice comic relief while investigating the case. I guess Odo could not sway the entire changeling race to peace. Could Captain Sisko return from the Prophet Ether to intervene? Not likely, just a wild thought. The portal weapon is quite the defensive and offensive weapon. Vadik using it to have Titan shoot itself in the rear was chilling. Riker should have reinstated Seven upon taking command. I look forward to exploring the gravity well. Could Vadik be a changeling? Fine direction by Frakes as usual. Absolutely, Victor. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. I think uh, Jonathan Frakes is just awesome. Such a good job. Um, yeah. As a director. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed his, his direction on multiple episodes now in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Uh, so really um, enjoyed that. You're absolutely, like, right here. I think um, this is just a fantastic episode with all the different elements to it. You know, a bit of a cat and mouse um, hide-and-seek strategy going on the dramatic scenes evolving on on the titan Mm -hmm. as well as then this overarching um sort of nemesis coming uh being revealed here in the changelings and uh yeah again i think 
Rafi and Wolf were just really good together. They were in this. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really good. Thanks so much, Victor. Not everybody feels the same. Um, Michael Carrier sent in his feedback. He says, I love the Star Trek franchise and will always be supportive, but to this point, I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing on season three of Picard. It's not bad TV. It's just not interesting TV. Watching Patrick Stewart right now is bringing up images of what it must have been like to watch Willie Mays or Babe Ruth at the end of their baseball careers, or even like watching Brett the Hitman Hart trying to perform inside a wrestling ring today. It's a shame you're not liking it, Michael. I'm, I'm really enjoying these scenes with um, with Patrick Stewart. Um, we, you know, we mentioned them earlier on as some of our major points from the episode. I think he's really still got that. Yeah, me too. It's it's a different gravitas than, of course, he had back in the eighties. It's it's certainly different. But he's such an accomplished actor and has, has done so much over the years that any opportunity to see him on screen, um, sparring with his old uh, Enterprise castmates, I think has has been really really enjoyable this season, particularly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yep, yeah, but thanks so much, Michael, for your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Heather Wallace says on this episode, episode three, I'm guessing the rebel changelings are all early 2000 goth punk fans. <laughs> there was some serious Jared Way and Billy Joe Armstrong eyeliner action. <laughs> it was a really good moment when Worf asked, how long have you been away from the Great Link? Mm-hmm. And I loved the reference to Odo. I don't think that's Will on the bridge. I think a changeling is impersonating him. If so, I hope it's only been this episode and not the whole time. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if it is just from that moment where they met up in the bar and he says um, that Deanna and his daughter um, are happy to to not be around him at the moment because we really question why that was, that he hasn't talked about an argument since then or anything like that. So, um so that's why you'd wonder, is he a changeling? But uh, but very interesting. Maybe, actually, you're onto something, Heather. Maybe Jared Way and Bill Joe Armstrong are changelings, and they had just <laughs> been away from the, the Great Link for too long, and that's why they had the eye, eyeliner in the Yeah, and, and I mean, actually, Heather, you've, you've sort of welled everything up as to why, you know, I both love these types of antagonists that can change form. Mm-hmm. And also, then it, it drives me crazy because I'm like going... You have a point with Will Riker, but I really don't want him to be yeah. a changeling at yeah. this moment. I want, you know, the argument to be happening for genuine reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Uh, to be honest, but you just never know. Exactly. <laughs> you never, never know in these instances. Trust no one. Exactly. Yeah. But great stuff. Thanks, Heather, and thank you to all our fellow Trekkies who sent in their thoughts and feedback for this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Make sure you keep sending it in. We're going to be recording now from now on on, on Fridays and Saturdays, uh, depending on uh, on the availability of the episodes and our time, of course. Uh, so sh- uh, once you've watched the episodes, share your thoughts uh, about each of the episodes of Star Trek Picard. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, fellow Trekkies. Um, remember to stay subscribed to the podcast over at TV Podcast Industries, where you can join us on any Federation or Changeling podcast catcher of your choice. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also support us over on patreon.com forward slash TV Podcast Industries for any monthly amount, or you can provide support on a one-off basis through buymeacoffee.com forward slash tvpi mm-hmm. but of course you can support us by sharing the podcast around rating leaving a review because sharing the podcast with your friends is of course sharing the love sharing the love yes it is any way you wish to support us is fantastic mm-hmm. including feedback that we're really enjoying uh, as well Absolutely. Uh, on this third season of Picard. Yeah, that's it, John. 751st episode in the bag. I didn't, as I said, didn't make a big uh, deal about the 750th. Um, I should get some like cool celebration music or some champagne popping corks kind of noises. Yeah, I think so. I think we should actually get some champagne though. Well, when it's 10 years and probably at that stage, 850, given the rate Maybe. which we're... Given the rate that they're being put out, um, we have to we have to do an actual in person pub quiz somewhere <laughs> at um, at a fan event. Well, somewhere. we did it. we did it for our five hundredth episode. We did our our awesome um, 
Zoom pub quiz. We can hopefully get together another one of those uh, for our thousand. No, episodes. we need in person. We need to get everyone over to Dublin where we can <laughs> drink in a pub whilst trying to remember intricate fan details. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're paying their own flights, though. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get any argument from me on that. Point. Love it. Love it. Um, however much we'd love to pay for flights for everyone to come over, alas. That's not happening. No. <laughs> um, but we will be back next week with Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 4, no win scenario mm -hmm. and of course we are covering at the moment the last of us over on tv podcast industries oh, two as, more episodes yeah, to go oh. as well as another intergalactic show mm -hmm. in star wars the bad batch yeah yeah it's been great fun um as it closes out the season it's been been really good to watch yeah definitely yeah vying for star wars position with uh with the mandalorian which just came out this week as well so i feel like they're really airing on their bigger episodes um as they're as they're coming out at exactly the same time as the mandalorian each weekday <laughs> but good stuff thanks so much for joining us we'll talk to you again next time yeah thank you so much fellow trekkies for joining us it is as always a pleasure chatting all things picard with you uh, but of course in the meantime and until next week Keep watching, keep listening, and keep trekking. Bye. Bye.